Are you ready to fill your soul with the sustenance it needs? Look no further. Bishop Joshua Fonseca's Soul Food Podcast. You can listen anytime to these engaging messages of faith. From testimonies and real life stories to musical entertainment, is here to satisfy your spiritual hunger. Tune in today for a journey of hope, strength, and truth, and be uplifted with each episode wherever you are. Don't let your soul go hungry. It's time for some soul food. Wake up, America, because God is with you. And whenever God is with us, no one can overpower us. Problems can't overpower you. But no matter how great or severe this problem is, God is with you. Remember, you can make it. There is no big or small problem that can overpower God. There is no headache, fever, cancer, unemployment, bills, or misery that is greater than God. He is the one that can overpower and overcome any problem that you are facing. If you were given a year to live, what would you do with that time left? I'd probably take time to digest that information and then spend the best year of whatever is left with family, with uh, friends, with uh, explore as much as I can and be a happy and celebrate the life. I, just because life is too short, I mean, we don't live long enough and there's no point of being sad or whatever comes across, whatever you face, you just like to find the best out as you can learn something and embrace and uh, live with it. And, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. life is a one big celebration, splash of colors. Thinking of someone close to you who's passed away, who is it and what's your first memory of them? My grandmama, who we took her ashes to the beach. So when I want to think about her and remember her, we go for a long walk along the beach and then eat fish and chips in her honour. It's when I'm having a good day, or it's when I'm having a bad day, or it's when we feel like it, or we get up and the weather's nice and we want to go communicate. If you were given one day to live, what would you do with the rest of your time? Um, I'd just probably kick ball and then spend some time with my mom. Just two of my passions, I love football and I love my mom, so why not do the two things I love? Yeah. On my last day. <laughs> I've been playing football since I was 10, so that's been like a huge part of my life. And then obviously like my mom, she's always been there for me. Always went above and beyond. So it's always good to, you know, do things that you love and appreciate those people that you love. So yeah, that's, that's why I say those things. If you were given a year to live, what would you do with the time you had left? I'd ask the vicar to look at my coffin and say, I think he's still breathing. Because you come to this earth with nothing, you go mad trying to get things, and you leave this earth with nothing. And uh, it takes a while to realize that. It's not just a cliche. So what would you say to someone you loved who's recently told you they haven't got long to live? I think I would say to them, let's enjoy the rest of this time. Let's just, let's just do it. Whatever you need to do, whatever makes you happy, we're doing it. Because maybe they've not uh, approached life like that before and it would be the opportunity and, you know, the one time they can. Just do what you need to do, whatever makes you feel good. I think it's, it's really important to, to live life in the moment. I think, you know, um, those times when we don't and, and we don't take in what has happened, we don't enjoy what has happened, we don't cry when we need to cry, we don't see what we need to see, uh, I think that... That's what makes our lives quite shallow. I think we need to live in the moment, which makes our lives much, much deeper, much more meaningful.
I was sitting at home on my couch. I got a knock at the door, and there was a cousin. He come in, and that's when I was introduced to freebasing, which is cocaine. Back then, it was called freebasing, and then as the years went, it turned to crack. He cooked it. He came back. We sat down. He told me to try it. And I was like, you know, I don't do that. I'm in law enforcement. I don't, I don't do that. I get people that do that. And then I said, I don't want any drugs. I don't want that. I just want to know why you didn't come to the funeral. I just want to know why you treated me the way you treated me. Why my son had to die. I was just all over the place. And then he fixed it up. And he wasn't even listening to what I was saying. He goes, here, try it. And I was like, I just told you I don't want to do it. And he said, it's one word. It'll ease your pain. That one little word, it'll ease your pain, made me take a hit. I never looked back. I had a happy life as a little girl, I think I could say. Um, But I was raised by my grandmother and my godmother. So I had an old soul. So I was raised by two older women. And we were very religious. Um, My grandmother was a pastor. And my godmother... She was like the mother of the church, but we had church every day because the church started in the basement of the house. So I guess I could say I started out as a Christian girl. We were very, very uh, strict, very religious, um, wasn't able to wear pants and jewelry, makeup, or none of that. And of course, being a girl, as you're growing up, you see these things and you want to do it, but I wasn't allowed to. And um, in growing up, um, I did come across some things in my life um, that I can remember at age of five um, being touched by several family members when I would go to sleep at night. And being in church growing up, I was always taught that God loves and God's this and God is that. But what I didn't understand was we would go to church and we would have a great time and then we would come home from church, and then there was another another atmosphere. And it was me being touched as a child by three different people, sometimes in one night. I never knew how to tell anyone because it was more than one person. So I just kept thinking that it was my fault. It was something that I had did wrong, and if I tell, then I'm going to be in trouble. So I never told. I just, like I said, kept thinking that it was my fault. I began to uh, get older, be around more men, and they as well touched me. It just seems like everywhere I went, everything I did, I felt that I was this bad person. I felt that I was no good for anyone and I'm young I'm, I wasn't even a teenager I just wanted to be by myself I didn't want to be around people because I just knew that if a guy sees me he's going to touch me people were always taking advantage of me in that way now as I'm growing up like I said I started around 5 when I remember being touched by family members And I'm not saying this to hurt anyone in my family. I feel need to say this because my mom, she is still living. Even though she didn't have me during those days, but I don't want to say anything to hurt anyone's feeling or make anyone think 
that it was my fault? Or what is she talking about? What did she do? Why didn't she say something to me? So I just want the world to know I'm not blaming anyone for this. And I'm not putting my family down for this. I'm saying this because we are living in a world where things like this is happening to us as women and men, as boys and girls. And we need to know that it's not our fault. And you need to know that God is there. I know that there were times when I would be crying and saying to God, why do you hate me? Why do I have to go through this? Why didn't I know my dad? Why is my mom not raising me? Why is it somebody else? You know, there was a lot of whys and questions that I had to ask. But being in the religion that I was in, you were told not to ask God questions. You were told not to do this and not to do that. We were told you can't be saved until you get rid of your sins. And that right there is where I got stuck. When I got to the age of, I would say around 12, I was mischievous because I was always told that God doesn't hear sinner's prayer and you can only come to God when you get rid of all your sins. And if you don't, then you consider a hypocrite. So I decided that I don't want to be a hypocrite. I'm just going to go ahead and do me. Even though I did grow up in church, I loved God. I was singing in the church. And I remember around seven years old, I got baptized and came out the water speaking in tongues. So it's not like I didn't know who God was. I did know, but I was still too young to really know who God was. I only knew by what people told me, and I only knew by what I saw that God may did. As I got older, once I got about 12, my life began to kind of spiral down because of the fact that now I have to go live with my mom. And to go live with my mom, I'm going into a whole new atmosphere. And mind you, I didn't get no notice of going to live with my mom. It was like I came home from school one day and it was like, you're going to be with your mom. So in going there, yes, it was very hard for me because I didn't know anything but the Lord. I didn't know anything but to love and forgive and and Bible study and church and, you know, things like that. Even though those wicked things that was happening to me at the time as a child, We know how to let go and keep going. But as we get older, it's harder to let go and keep going. So I guess I'm trying to balance this out where when I got to the age of 12, when I say it got different and it started spiral downing because now I'm living with my mom and I was introduced to marijuana. And the first time I was introduced to it was by my mom's friend one of my mom's friends. He got me and my little sister high. And from that day, (laughs) my life spiraled down. It did. It spiraled completely down from that first hit of marijuana. I got addicted. I wanted it every day. I liked the way it made me feel. It was soothing for my mind because I didn't have to think about those things that happened to me. I could just do whatever, you know, you smoke a joint. I feel a whole nother person. Actually, I had a whole nother personality. I was a whole nother person. And that's when I saw myself going down. I wasn't going up. I was going down because of that first joint. 
And people think that, oh, I smoke a joint, be okay. No, it's not okay. If I could do it all over again, I promise you, I would have never stuck not one negative thing in my body. Nothing. Because it never goes away. You have to constantly stay in prayer. You have to constantly tell yourself no. You have to constantly stay away from certain things. Because if not, it rises up in your spirit and it'll make you want to go do it. And sometimes it comes so hard and so hard and so hard that you just go do it. Because you have to get that craving off of you. You don't want to feel that. You don't want to feel it. So either I'm going to go fulfill it or keep moving straight to ignore it. Do whatever I got to do to ignore it. Why would I go home? My home was never a home. I'm tired of being bashed to the floor with no shoulder to cry on. All they ever did was abuse me. The lashes wounded me. And man, my biggest fear was me losing me. I was hurt so much, my mom would pop pills and beat me to my heart bust. Do you know how that feel? Have you been through that as well? My soul has been in conflict. My mind afflicted. <laughs> Crazy is nobody outside could never see this difference. Man, I'm tired of this. Make me believe that there's better. I wish that this was just a dream, man. I didn't ask for this. Why me? Why me? Why me? Am I the only one who feel this way? <laughs> Everything else for me is going blank. Man, I wish that there was some better days. Can someone show me that there's a better way? food for your soul. You are listening to Soul Food with Bishop Joshua. We'll be right back. If you have been enjoying this podcast, share it with a friend or family member. Whenever you're confused. Whenever you're frustrated. Whenever you're going through a crisis. Words of faith that are based on the Word of God can transform everything. It's written. And what is written must come to pass. In this church, we give advices, spiritual counselings based on the Bible, the Word of God. No pastor. No bishop, no assistant gives counseling, advices out of their head, their own imagination. No, it is about the word of God. I have received this message. This person wants to remain anonymous. Let us now read it together. This person who says in his message, 
Every time I tell God I'm going to stop smoking, I just keep going back. How can I stop? Well, you can stop it. You can stop smoking when you believe in what is written. The scripture says, submit to God. Yes. Resist the devil or resist cigarettes. Resist smoking. And he will flee from you. This is what is written. When you submit to God, to do God's will. When you resist the devil, you resist smoking, drinking, drugs, parties. When you resist it in the name of Jesus, it flees from you. This is what is written. And this is what must come to pass in your life. If you have any question, you want me to help you, Bible-based advice, send me a text. Yes, this text number is worldwide number. A toll-free number, 1-800. The number for the text is 1-888-312-4141. This is not for calls, but for texts. 1-888-312-4141. This is what is written. Resist the devil. First you submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How often have you heard these words? You're stuck and there's no way out. This is never going to get better. No one's ever going to marry you. Forget about being happy. Just survive. Whoever said those words to you knew nothing about God. Whether it was your parents, your boss, your children, or even your own toxic thoughts that you repeat over and over. Whoever truly knows God knows that nothing is impossible for Him, and His Word trumps all else. If you believe that God's Word is the final word, then you have no choice but to take every thought captive that goes against His truth, no matter who says it or how often you hear it. The Apostle Paul was slandered, lied about, and publicly accused, yet he lived in victory over evil until his last day. He experienced the power of rejecting the lies of Satan and believing that God's Word never fails. He encouraged the church in Corinth to always be casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Through bold faith, we can reverse the effects of negative words and even curses spoken over our lives. We can replace them with the blessings and promises of God. Stand firm on His promises and know that His word is the final word. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. Stay tuned tomorrow for more. Make sure to turn on your notifications and share this food with others.
So I got a selfie with excellence So you know who I'm glorifying to So I gotta make a turn of 180 degrees Away from the things that are not good for me So I can serve the Lord Almighty, yeah I must apply all my service. I give my life to God, I'll be a servant. No more laziness, but perseverance. Uh, I'ma tell you one thing more of you, less of me. You know, I wanna have more of you, more of you, less of me. It's the year I must apply all my service. I give my life to God, I'll be a servant. No more laziness, but perseverance. Uh, I'ma tell you one thing more of you, less of me. You know I wanna have more of you, more of you, less of me